Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat to Australian actor Takaya Honda, who you may remember playing Dr. David Tanaka in the TV show Neighbours from 2016 to when the finale happened this year. We have a talk to him about his experience on Neighbours and also play school. And we go back to the start to talk about how he found his love for acting and also hear about some of the challenges he's faced in the Australian industry. He has so much advice to give you guys today and we cover so many different topics. So let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month, and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's Roger May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving It Up. Raving It Up. Raving oh, Fun. Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. Yes. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Takaya, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on our show. How are you going no. today? Well, thank you for having me. No, I'm going well. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's exciting to have you here. <laughs> Now, since this is your first time on our show, we'd love to actually start from the beginning, if that's okay, to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. When I was doing a little bit of research on you, I did read that both your parents coached gymnastics, so it kind of got me thinking, you know, did you learn gymnastics too? Did you ever want to go down that path of life? I don't think I ever wanted to go down the gymnastics part of, path of life. Um, but, yeah, no, they were uh, gymnastics coaches. Uh, my dad was the head coach at the AIS in Canberra um this was pretty high up for women's artistic and uh then they taught co-ed until i was about 10 and that's when i did it till and then they were coaching at uh, private girls schools and ended up opening their own gym when i was in my late teens um so i coached a bit in that kind of thing but and i, pl- I actually ended up playing a lot of baseball so I, which i think the gym helps with i tell every parent um if who's got a young kid to get them to do gym uh not competitively just for fun because it helps in so many different areas uh especially just knowing how to fall and not break bones um not that i haven't broken bones, but that's because i was probably doing more extreme things than i should have but um <laughs> but yeah no it's um yeah it was it was a, it, physically it's a great start mm. are they still doing that to this day or are they kind of sold it all now no well mum uh has early onset alzheimer's so uh because of that they kind of had to not close down the gym they're able to sell it and um 
move up north and because dad had to help take care of her and I was helping take care of her for quite a few years before um they moved up to Brisbane um but yeah that was kind of the reason they had to stop otherwise they would have kept going but in in a sense for dad it was a bit of a blessing in disguise because um it's allowed him to kind of uh, enjoy life to a degree uh, a bit more outside of the gym um mm -hmm. because they were coaching seven days a week pretty much uh, my whole life so um you know gym is one of those sports that doesn't stop there's no yeah. on or off season because uh, you can't physically have to keep going yeah i'm sorry to hear about your mom i didn't know about that uh that, you know it's 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 uh, like i'm a uh, dementia australian ambassador as well for that reason uh, to try to create some positivity out of um what is a pretty crappy situation yeah <laughs> Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now, and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. Now, with baseball, you weren't just doing baseball. You're like a part of five state championship winning baseball teams. That's incredible. So with doing that sort of thing and being obviously so damn good at it, <laughs> did you want to go down the sports route? Oh, look, it was definitely a, a possibility. I missed out on a certain team uh, in Australia and I was doing acting stuff at the time and then it, that kind of changed courses because I was playing so much and training so much. Um you know, I would have loved to go play college ball in the US and, and that kind of thing. More for the US college experience necessarily than yeah. <laughs> potentially going to, you know, the pro leagues and that kind of stuff. Um, because, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a hyper competitive person. So um, that sort of fuels that drive to uh, train as hard as you need to, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was uh, I think, baseball being such a team sport as well, it's um, are really helpful, I think, for people who get into acting if they are. Um, if they have done team sports when they're younger because it's such a collaborative art form. It's probably the most collaborative art form uh, out of any of them. Um, so being able to to work well with others, I think, is really helpful uh, and understanding that, you know, you're, you're as strong as your weakest link and that kind of stuff. So trying to lift up the people around you rather than pull them down and that kind of stuff is, is uh, important to me uh, and any production that I'm on. Yeah, I love uh, that way of looking at it too. I, I would have just thought it would would look really good on your resume because it just shows you're fit and active, right? <laughs> well, well, I mean, that was a while ago. So, <laughs> no, no, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it does ingrain a certain um, level of fitness that you kind of want to maintain just because you're used to it. Um, yeah, and that commitment of keeping it up all the time as well. I think that kind of carries on. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, 
yeah, the, the commitment side of things and the, the understanding that uh, it takes a lot of practice and, and work to be good. You can't mm. just sort of go out there and do it. Um, and acting is a funny one because it's kind of hard to practice in a sense. Um, you can, I guess, sit at home doing monologues, um, but without audience reaction, it's kind of hard to gauge whether you're doing a good job or not. Um, yeah. So then it becomes, you know, a paid event of going and then doing classes and stuff. And then it depends who you're doing classes with, but then that's still only, you know, once a week or whatever. So for an athlete, they can just go for a run every day uh, and yeah. train particular skills. But uh, for actors, we can work on our voice and, and keep our bodies in a, in a good place, but it's, it's quite kind of a different difficult thing. And that's, you know, the advantage of doing something like neighbors or home and away or something that uh, produces that much content because you're able to exercise essentially every day uh, at the craft and you can only get better uh, in doing that. So, yeah. Well, very, very true. And with acting as well, you kind of need to work off somebody too, don't you? You kind of need a cast member, co-star. Well, that's right. Yeah. And coming back to that collaborative art form thing, um, you can dance on your own, but it's really hard to act on your own in that sense. Mm, Definitely. Well, something I was also really surprised at reading was you did attend UNSW Art and Design and then transferred also to UTS for a Bachelor of Arts in Communication. Why communication? Was that like a little bit of what they call the plan B, (laughs) just in case acting doesn't work out? I kind of, I've sort of changed my thinking around the whole plan B idea uh, because it's a thing that a lot of people say especially in Australia where if you're doing anything else it becomes a plan b um but realistically as an actor I kind of look at it as like there's no plan b it's just all building an empire um I like that because this idea of plan b is like you're either an actor or not and if you're an actor who's out of work then you're just struggling uh in general because and but even as a working actor you know the, the pay rates in Australia aren't huge they're not the same as america so we can't just book a a single commercial and last you know get two years pay out of it you know we need another commercial in a couple of weeks usually so um so in that sense like anyone who's then building anything else working in any other direction i think that's all all additive to your career as an actor because it's informed you can learn so much from people in different environments Uh, but coming back to the degree well it was it was majoring in media arts and production so basically filmmaking so still in the industry um that's also something that i i am pursuing as well in a sense um to direct and write and produce and that kind of stuff so um and we'll hopefully be doing more of that uh now that i have some more time being off neighbors um so yeah, that's kind of where that degree came from. So I was, I was still always going to be in the industry. Um, but yeah, I, like, I had auditioned for NIDA and WAPRO at that time. I got into the reserve list for NIDA, so I was three off getting in um, and shortlisted another two years, I think. And then I booked a job, um, a girl's world, which was during the audition phase called Chatroom Chicks, which made it feel really sus. Um, but uh yeah, so I, I booked work and then I came back from that. That was the first TV audition I did. And I came back from that and a week later, I was auditioning for the film of Tomorrow and the War Began. And I was in the top two or three for that. And I was on hold for a few months. So I was kind of in this position where I was like, well, I'm getting work or getting really close to it uh, off the first two auditions I've done. So I might as well just keep doing that. Uh, and then I did a bunch of theatre and stuff. And I was working with a lot of people who went to Night at Whopper and they said, look, you're here and you'll go up to here but other people are going to come in down here and they're going to come up to you. So if you're working, I know plenty of Nara and Whopper actors who are coming out and uh, not really getting that much work. So I was just lucky in getting some traction. And um, once you've got it, you kind of want to keep moving on that momentum. Um, so yeah, my, my focus changed from trying to get uh, Nara or Whopper training um, or any of those big schools and start doing more short courses and working with one particular coach um, 
especially Les Chantry and um, then pushing harder in the direction I was going and try to keep maintaining that um, that momentum. And I was also helping take care of mum at that time as well. So I don't think I could have fit in a, a full-time acting course on top of it. Yeah, of course. So with UTS, I'm guessing that was just shortly after after graduating school, right? So- yeah, so I did, a, I did a year at COFA, which is a college of fine arts, which is attached, attached to UNSW. Um, and I just wasn't, I guess, being challenged enough there uh, because it was uh, more of a fine arts degree, I guess, um, being digital media. So there was a, it was kind of like if I, I was good at writing essays or whatever. So if you if you could format an essay well, you were kind of getting good marks and that kind of thing. And not to put it down at all because it's a great course, but um, but yeah, I, I guess I wanted to be a bit more more challenged. So then moved to UTS uh, and did communications there, uh, and that was great because UTS was the only university at least at that time that was doing any work where you could actually work with film too so we shot you know on 16 mil and um manually edited and that kind of thing which was um a good thing to be a part of and and to get a better understanding of of all of that process which is becoming less and less relevant but i think it was helpful at that time um but also just in general to uh, you then work harder to make sure that what you're shooting is right rather than just shoot everything and then have heaps of stuff to do in post yeah, does that mean like afters, you know, the school afters came a bit later on, I'm guessing? No, it's Still just that afters are postgrad thing. So oh, okay. You, you, I guess you can do short courses and stuff, but it's not, it's generally you're doing it after you've got done something else. Mm. Um, so obviously afters you can work with whatever you want there, but yeah. Yeah. Wait, so how did you find your love for acting? Was it just at school? Because I did read that you're in a, mid, a Midsummer Night's Dream in year 12 production. And I, uh, it's amazing that you also went on to play that role for another six years. You've done so much Shakespeare. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I, th- I yeah. think that just really makes you an amazing actor. But was it just doing drama at school that you're like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? I had always loved performing. I sang a lot at school um, in choirs and musicals and that kind of things thing as well. Um, but it, it, it's it's kind of funny because I'd done so much sport as well, and I'd always kind of wanted mom or dad or the idea of going and doing an audition for you know because I had other friends at school who got a commercial or something, um, and I was like, oh my god, how do you do that kind of thing? Um, but because I was so busy with sport, I didn't really have the time to to. Uh, do the agent thing and that kind of stuff. My parents were coaching so much as well. They didn't really have time to be taking me to look at agents or get headshots and that kind of stuff. So it was always kind of this uh, like dream off to the side. It didn't feel very real, but then I had a couple of amazing teachers at school um, who have now, you know, moved away from school. And now uh, Damien Ryan is the head of Sport for Joe theater company and um, producing amazing, amazing theater, which is a lot of the stuff that I'd done. Um, And they kind of showed me the realities they had been working actors themselves uh, understand understood the industry in australia and kind of showed the realities of what it was and how um how you actually be an actor and what the steps are involved in that it wasn't just i think a lot of the general public just see the glamour of you know the a-lists or whatever um and just think that it's oh you just find a role, you do it, and then you become big rather than, no, you slog away at different auditions and wait till you finally get uh, the right role comes across your um, table and then um, you go from there. So they were really inspiring in that sense and also gave my parents confidence as well um, by just at like parent-teacher interviews and stuff, just saying that I had the talent to be able to do it um, and that they should let me kind of pursue it. Not that they were ever um, against it or anything like that. They just wanted me to... Um, do something I'd be successful in and be happy in that kind of thing. Cause I yeah. think as, as you grow older, you understand the, uh, especially in this industry, the difficulties and uh, 
how rare it is to to get success but it's you know um it can it can happen it's just uh, you've got to be willing to put in the the hard yards really Absolutely. You really got to pay your dues, as they say. And that's a big reason I love doing these interviews, really hearing about these stories and getting a bit of a behind the scenes look that, you know, there's heaps of people that look up to people like you, you know, that are fans and are like, I want to do what he does. But it does take a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you get a lot of messages as well asking, um, you know, how, you know, when when Neighbours is around, (laughs) how do I get on Neighbours and that kind of stuff? And it's like, can you help me get a a role or something? Um, And usually actors can't get anybody a role. If I could, I'd be happy. Neighbours would have been full of my friends. Uh, (laughs) Not that I didn't have friends in the show. but still anyway. (laughs) Every new role I'd get like, although I didn't know April beforehand, but that wasn't the reason she got cast. Um, yeah, no. So a lot of people do ask, you know, how do you get into it? And in the rea- the reality of it is, is you, you've just got to do the work. You've got to act as much as you can because it's not this thing where once I get on set, I'll be able to do it. It's you've got to be able to do it before you get there. And especially a, a soap that moves as fast as as Neighbours does, you you can't be figuring it out there. You have to have known what you're doing. Uh, and if you if it is your first gig, then you need to be doing the work at home where you can step on set and feel confident that you don't have to worry about lines uh, and you can absorb everything because it's the biggest thing that happens with any, I guess, greener actor, even some of the experienced ones who aren't used to the speed that we would shoot at, uh, they get they get the nods where a director will be giving direction and they'll be nodding and you just know that nothing's going in because at home they've practiced it in a certain way and that's the way that they were wanting to do it and then now these changes are coming which is a lot of changes on the neighbors set that then then they start to freak out and they're, they're trying to go back to i want to how do i how do i make this work to what i was wanting to do rather than oh this is where i am this is who i'm talking to this is what's unfolded and how it's changed so then i can adapt um so that preparation is huge so but for any young actor it's just just go out there do community theater, do your school stuff, do um, short films that you can find, make your own stuff, understand the process on the other side is really helpful. Um, So then just as simple as being on set and knowing what sort of lens they have on and being able to go, okay, so now I'm in the close up and stuff without having to ask people or, uh, or understand how they structure a basic scene going from wide to mids to close ups and, and knowing at what points in the script, those things might happen, then can you can adjust your performance based off what that is too. So there's, there's huge advantages to making your own stuff because it gives you a great awareness as to why certain shots are being used and when they'll be used, um, which then can inform, especially on screen, your performance and how you then adjust for that. Hey, you're going to be a great director, writer, producer. You're already sounding like one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not, to be honest. No, it's a very <laughs> good thing. We, we love it. And, you know, for the audience too, go check out Takai's website too. I'll put the link below because you put up heaps of tips and advice for people too. I loved that. Great. Oh, yeah, there is there is a thing I put up there with some tips and stuff. To be honest, I haven't updated my website for a little bit, so don't judge me if this thing's the right update. No, it's not really uh, good advice. Priceless. Some, yeah, there, there is some <laughs> acting tips thing in there. Um, yeah but anyway that all sounds so stressful though like how do you manage that personal uh stressful environment when you got all those changes you just have to and i guess that's that's the thing of doing it every day for so long you get used to it and it stops being stressful and just um the information you're using to do whatever you're doing is changing so um it stops being oh my god they've changed this thing to like oh that's a change cool and then also like with how I learn lines and stuff, that's one of the other questions everyone asks, like, how do you learn the lines? Um, <laughs> for me, it's about understanding what the character's saying and why it's saying, why they're saying it. Um, because if I understand that, then I can remember what I'm saying 
because I understand it rather than just remembering each next word. Um, so then if I get stuck on set, it's not that I'm going, oh, what's my next line? It's like, oh, what, what am I, what's the next thing I'm wanting to say? And yeah. that kind of becomes easier. But every actor works very differently. You've got to figure out what works for you in terms of learning lines. Um, but what was I originally answering? <laughs> <laughs> the stressful environment. But it uh, yeah, just the, sounds the, like it just turns into work, right? Well, it does. Um, and look, it, you, you know, you know, you can have moments where you are, where things that thing thing you can get overwhelmed a little bit or whatever, but um, you just got to breathe and remember that why you're doing it. Um, and for me, that's because I enjoy it and I love it and have fun. So generally, in those moments or when a line's uh, been tough or whatever, then I just have to breathe in between you know, cut an action and remind myself, just have fun. And then usually it, it's okay. Um, because I, I think with acting, everyone who does it generally is doing it because they enjoy it and they love it. And I hope that that's the reason because if they, if they don't love it, then please don't do it. Yeah, why are you there? <laughs> there's no job security. The money, you, you, you're going to struggle with money. You get like, there's so many reasons it, it's tough in terms of knowing where you're going to be in a year and that kind of thing. So there's, if you don't love it, please don't just don't do it. It's, it, it honestly, it's not worth it. Um, but I, I keep going on tangents and then losing what my original train of thought is, but uh, yeah. So love it, tangents. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a love tangent. So yes. um, yeah. Like you remember that you love it and then um, you can keep going and it makes it, easier um because you, you should be having fun doing it uh, and it's one of the things with auditions and that kind of stuff people get really stressed out on auditions and I, i'm like i'll admit i get stressed out on auditions but again it's an opportunity to act and if you love doing it then enjoy at least enjoy the 20 minutes or whatever that you are doing that audition um because you are actually getting to play the character at that point you're not you're not auditioning to play the character you are playing the character uh and your version of the character and the producers or whoever's doing the casting uh are going to pick the person who they think the character is that doesn't mean you did it wrong that doesn't mean your acting was bad it just means that you weren't right for their their version of what they wanted for the character um mm. but your your version still exists and you might as well enjoy putting that forward as well um and have some fun with it so yeah oh i love that i've heard so many things about auditions but that i think is the best one because it is true you are playing the character you're not auditioning for it you are the character i love that thank you amazing advice today to kaya geez <laughs> Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Always say you're going to do it, maybe even make it a New Year's resolution, but never do? Well, this is your time! Hills Latin Dancing teaches salsa, bachata, and merengue classes for all ages and fitness levels. No partner or previous dance experience is required. If you don't live in Sydney, that is okay too. We teach private lessons over Zoom for only $50. We also offer wedding dances and also a seated dance class for the elderly and those with mobility challenges. Come join us for some fun. Visit our website, hillslatindancing.com.au for more information and to book your class now. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. I want to go 
we're back to Neighbours in a minute. But before we do, I want to talk about in 2015, you became a presenter on Play School. So being an actor and a TV presenter, what do you prefer to do more? Is it probably the acting? You seem so passionate about it. Uh, acting for sure. Play School kind of came up. I was, I got a presenter role on uh, My Great Big Adventure and I remember my agent calling me about that audition and I was like, I don't really want to know. I don't know if I really want to go down the presenter path. And she pushed me and said, no, just, just do it. Um, because why not? And you're getting in front of this cast and Richard, blah, blah, blah. And so then I did it and I got it, which was kind of weird um, for, for me because I didn't think I, I would. But I was working with some amazing people like Kane Tremels and, and Steph Bennigsen, who was so experienced and had been on ABC for such a long time, um, both in Good Game, I think, the game show that um, Steph was hosting and uh, Kane was one of the original ABC3 presenters. So um, it was great being around them and learning uh, so much about how to present and also how to interview and that kind of stuff and be able to um, read off people's energies and feel that. So it was a great experience, but the executive producer for that show was also the exec producer for Play School. And so she invited me to audition for Play School. And I think she really pushed me across the line because I was auditioning for about six months for that. I uh, had wow. a couple of callbacks and uh, it was quite a long process. Um, but so fortunate. It's, play School's the hardest thing I've done. People talk about neighbors and the speed and stuff, but Play School's more difficult um, because it sounds improvised and kind of like there's a loose script, but every word is scripted perfectly. Um, they have uh, childhood uh, development experts who help develop the script and then they're in rehearsal with you. You have a four-hour four hour rehearsal per episode and four-hour shoot for each episode. And so in the rehearsal, they hear us saying the script. And if it's not coming across the way they expected the words to come across, they'll go, can you change these words to this or that? Um, because then they understand that the kids will understand what you're saying in the way that they want that yeah. thing to be perceived. Um, but when you're on set, then you have, you know, you're doing really long takes. They used to shoot the whole show in one take. Um, wow. and live editing and they still live edit but because they're shooting digitally and not to film um they'll they can cut at certain points so when it goes to the windows or the clock um, they'll usually have a cut there and some directors will cut it even more than that but because the piano is playing live they generally want the uh seeing the takes to go as long as possible so that piano is seamless throughout the whole thing um so then you're doing like you're dancing you're singing you're telling a story you're doing voices uh, all in one long take but at the same time you have like props and you've got a table and you've got you know little characters made out of um toilet rolls and stuff and toilet rolls are great except and they'll have a face painted on them but you can't feel which way the face is so you'll cut you, you'll be talking to camera talking to camera you come across and then uh you pick up the pieces not knowing really what which way they're facing and you can you're self-monitoring so you can see below the, where the cameras are it's three camera shoot um, you can see the monitors below, uh, but the camera never wants to see you looking at it. So you have to, in your peripheral, see when the camera cuts to a close-up of them so that then you can look down, adjust them to face the right direction, then look back <laughs> up and so they can cut back to you and then you can keep telling the story and that kind of stuff. So there's that kind of thing that you're doing all at the same time whilst being really calm, relaxed, delivering the story and playing the voices and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a, a, technically it's a kind of a mammoth task, but yeah. uh, but it's all got to be really calm and, and easily delivered so that's where it becomes really difficult um so your play school amazing job to to have and hopefully i get to do a few few more episodes um but yeah it's 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 a really difficult one but uh one i'm so happy to be a part of 
Oh yeah, I've I've worked as a kids entertainer and still do every month or so, but you know, at least I actually have kids to do it to. You don't. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, the, that's difficult. And the way it's described to us is that the the camera is a a quiet five year old sitting at the back of the room. Yeah, um, it's not. I think that's why when you say play school, everyone smiles because it's performed in a way where the singing's not amazing, the dancing's not amazing. It's not meant to be um, because and there's mistakes are allowed to happen. Um, in that sense that rather than the kids up the front who are already dancing and stuff, oh, look, I can do all this dance as well. It's for the kid up the back who doesn't think they can dance and doesn't think they can sing, who goes, oh, I can do that. And they might stand up and try and join in. Um, And so it's so welcoming and comforting. And and, um, yeah, it's a lovely production to be a part of and everyone in the room from the boom operator to to, um, the producers and and whoever else is wanting to make the best show possible that kids will love the most which is really nice to be a, a wonderful environment to be a part of wow i love the show even more now <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow that's so beautiful <laughs> well let's chat some more about neighbors as well because you played david from 2016 to obviously just this year and i know that probably a lot of people have spoken to you about this i'm sure you're probably even sick of hearing about it but playing an on-screen gay relationship with matt not actually being gay how is that whole thing for you you know it's so great that you got to represent the community on screen and what did i read you were like the one of the longest running on-screen gay relationships right uh, especially by episode count, I I, I didn't I just sort of thought about that right towards the end, um, and I was like, there, there there wouldn't be that many gay relationships that have been on screen that have gone for the length of time for the amount of years. Yeah. Um, there'd be like Modern Family and that kind of stuff, and quite a few seasons. So that would be would be quite high up on that list. But in terms of episode count, you know, it's hundreds, which is we're probably the longest running in that. It doesn't really matter, but and definitely Australian. Um, yeah, 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 definitely in Australia. Um, <laughs> Uh, but in, ter- in terms of playing it, like I, I came onto the show without, the, in the character brief, it said Dave was questioning his sexuality. So there was nothing definite about what his sexuality was at that point, uh, whether it be gay, straight or anything other. Um, and in terms of playing the character as playing a, a gay guy, for me, it's something that you do get asked and it's fun to get asked, but um, it's almost as though if it's just someone I'm not attracted to in a personal level. So whether that, whether he had been a conventionally unattractive woman, the same question is kind of not being asked, but as an actor, that's, that's true. You're yeah. approaching it in the same way. It's like, well, I, I'm not drooling over you or anything. Um, but Matt is a very pretty man. Yeah, so <laughs> at least you got that right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, I'm not attracted to him sexually as a, a personal thing. So then it just becomes, well, no, but I know what love is and I know what being attracted to someone is. And then it's just portraying that um, in the same that you do in any other uh, piece of acting. Or, or as, as I said, if you were, if it was a straight relationship, um, it was just something I wasn't attracted to. And that happens a lot in just watching the other actors on on screen playing their relationships or whatever they might be great friends or whatever and and generally they were but um for those who weren't attracted to each other they still just had to do the job and um and that's just just what it is but i think it's just a a, a thing because it's uh outside of the, the our sexualities that it, it raises a different kind of question but it to me i kind of look at it in the same way 
Yeah, that's very deep though. I like that because, you know, a lot of people might be looking at that going, oh, he's so lucky he gets to kiss Matt or, you know, when you watch some other <laughs> some of the other relationships, you're like, oh, so lucky. What an easy, fun part of the job, but it can actually be quite a difficult part of the job. Oh, especially attracted when you're not to attracted. or not, the, the, it's, I would never, it's, they're the most complicated, especially during COVID, it was crazy, but um no, I, I, I don't think, even if you're attracted, I think being on set in those moments, it, you know, you have a whole lot of people watching you. Um, it becomes quite technical, especially when the more, like just kissing and stuff's kind of pretty fine. But the the when it becomes, goes further than that, it becomes about where the cameras are and the lighting and, um, mm-hmm. and also where you got to get to in the script and the lines, because especially on Neighbours, there's generally always some dialogue throughout anything. So yes. <laughs> um, it's not just a sex scene that's being shown, but it, also knowing the other side where it is just a sex scene on a film or whatever it's um a lot of that becomes so technical and um you generally just because it's quite a vulnerable place to be just thinking about oh where are my limbs going and where are their limbs going and that's where actually um intimacy coordinators i think is a brilliant introduction into making the actors comfortable knowing exactly where their limbs are going to be yeah um, and then building that trust uh, it was great for me and matt because over such a long time our trust level was so high that it was that stuff became really easy for us um because ultimately yeah it does come down to a, a trust thing um when you're doing that kind of thing as an actor was it at a whole nother level of difficulty when you are actually already in a relationship or for yourself, you're married? Like, is that even hard for your wife to look at? Um, oh, look, she, she probably was more comfortable that I, I was in a gay relationship on the show. Than a straight um, one. <laughs> yeah. I, we haven't really had to cross that boundary too much yet. So um, I'll see how it goes. No, but like for me, it's not. Uh, it, 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 because it's like to me it's just acting and that's part of my job and and for yeah, me if I make her feel uncomfortable then that's actually good for me because then because she knows obviously how uh what I'm really like in those environments so if she thinks that I'm giving someone that then um that means I'm doing my job well you know what I mean mm. um because then what I'm doing is really believable she's believing it so um but I like I'm it all comes down to trust and her being able to trust that uh, me as a person and um that I know where the the lines are and not to let them get blurry or or, or cross them ever um be and that's by making her feel um comfortable and uh what's the word I'm looking for certain in in our relationship i guess that um there's no need for me to go off and do other things that you know it's just part of the job and and uh, well she has to kind of get used to it if i'm going to keep doing it yeah she knew what um, she was getting into right when she married you (laughs) well that's right so you know she but she's fine and um i don't it doesn't bother me too much it's just another there's other there's much harder things than having to pull off kissing someone or or whatever um they can be difficult and awkward, but the, uh, especially when you've met them that day and it's the only scene you have with them. But um, but yeah, there's way harder things um, that pull my focus than than that stuff. So sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's fun. A little, little bit of both. What yeah, it can be fun too. I mean, you know, like yeah, it, exactly. It, especially um, when no you're with that someone that you well, Matt's nearly like your best friend now, isn't he? You got that amazing relationship. What's your favourite part about being on that show? Well, I should say was. What was your favourite part about being on that show? Oh, talking in past tense. Um, I know. I'm kind of in denial. No, it's not over. <laughs> um, the people really, uh, 
the cast obviously is great and I'm good friends with them, but also so much of the crew were, were wonderful and they'd been there such a long time. Um, and it, it's a very unique set in the sense that uh, people know each other much better. I mean, you go on to other shows or whatever, generally there is a bit more of a divide between uh, cast and crew in most areas but here you know whether it be a grip a script su supervisor the director or producer um the personal relationships are all quite strong so which can mean that like in certain points because obviously the neighbors there's a lot of two-handed scenes where which is you know just two people and you're just recapping the previous episode or whatever and the crew will you know be giving you crap during it or whatever <laughs> but uh, like but it's all out of love and um but they would also then when uh, scenes were more intimate uh, and you need to be more vulnerable they would also then show a lot of respect to and and would be helping you out because they wanted you to to look the best you could as well so um yeah definitely the people um it, it such an amazing environment uh to meet people in because you are it because it, it was a very difficult thing to shoot because of the speed and the amount of content we had to produce uh, it meant that you could form really strong relationships um which is really nice and obviously then just getting to act every day is is wonderful and get paid for it um yeah. is is really good um so yeah around I mean, yeah or like the people that are your friends now like what an amazing uh can i even still call it a job <laughs> what a great worker <laughs> work environment well yeah I, I as much as possible tried try with any acting thing not to say that i've got i've got work on monday or whatever yeah. um it always be comes I'm, I'm i'm acting on that day or i'm on set or um because i don't like to think of it as work it, it, there's definitely work aspects to it i mean learning lines is still learning lines and that's always something that i think most people are like <laughs> okay and you know learning the amount of content we had to learn that it's a uh, it, your brain definitely right. takes a toll from it yeah there's about the, around the seventh week of each term because we shot kind of like school terms um you could see everyone's brain sort of start to tweak a little bit because they were just getting tired and going i don't want to do this anymore like the their brains were um because you're just remembering so much content um but you know learning to be able to push through that it, it does it, people talk about it as an amazing training ground and that's really what it's amazing for because you can step onto any set and nothing is too stressful of any change of line isn't going to throw you and um mm. Or, or anything else really because you have to kind of do everything except to do it faster than anywhere else you would so every other set you step on is a luxury um in comparison yeah and six years is a really long time too how did you keep it fresh and interesting for yourself every time you were on set instead of you know getting complacent maybe a bit a bit, bit bored or lazy <laughs> um i think it comes down to loving acting again and uh, every time stepping on on set just loving it of course there's hard bits around that um and the time goes fast and I may not have stayed as long had it not been for COVID it was it would, would have been silly to leave the show uh off my own back during the middle of COVID when you know uh, I was so fortunate to have work it would be silly to be rejecting that at that time so mm. um I was really lucky that that we kept shooting um and I think everyone on set would agree the same thing. So um, that's part of the reason why I stay. Um, but also, if you've got that passion and that love, then you're constantly given new challenges because you've got different scenarios and scenes and you're growing with your character. It's not like you're playing, you're in the, and it's not even a fair comparison, but if you're doing a play for six years and doing that 
43 weeks of the year, then maybe you would get bored. But even with plays each night, you can find something new, hear something differently, uh, discover in the final show that I've been saying that line wrong every single time this whole run. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have the fortune on something like Neighbours where you're, the scenario is completely changing. And for me, the, the what kept me interested was part of the difficulty is what kind of made it interesting because uh, often how the show is made is that they come up with a story and they have the characters that are going to be the main part of that story and then they slot in other characters just where they need them functionally for that story to work which at times meant that your character would be forced into a position which you probably wouldn't think that they would do um they wouldn't go and uh, do whatever it is or, or say that to this person or talk about someone that way um so part of the challenge then and part of the interest became how do i solve that problem so that i can make it or say it or do that thing in a way that was true to my character and reflects everything else that that character has been through and done so that the audience doesn't lose faith in knowing who that character was um mm. and for me i was really lucky i feel um and partly through my own drive but much credit to the writing team and the producers that my arc from when I started to when I finished was complete. Um, it, I, I pushed hard so that he didn't go into a position where the audience would go, I didn't think David would ever do that, except that he let someone die. And, but that was in a position where it was almost impossible to make a choice and you could understand and come from and, and go into that situation um, from a David perspective. And that's kind of the thing, like if I was a different character going to that, that would have reacted very differently. Um, so to, I guess the best thing, this is going for again another tangent, the best thing about playing a role for that long is that you've played the whole backstory. Um, mm. You're not having to come into a role, go, oh, all of these things have happened in the past, this character, and you've got to imagine what they were and how that made them feel and how that then impacts on the lines that you're saying. It's like, no, no, I've done all of it. So now all of that subtext and stuff can play out kind of effortlessly because it's it's just ingrained in your body um there were times when you go am i acting anymore or have i become am I just, this person am I, am I just saying the lines the way i would say them um and it's actually helpful because i was shooting the family law concurrently with neighbors so being able to go onto that set and play a different character i was like oh no i am doing something different cool yeah. I, it's just become so second nature to step into to david for me that um it became kind of easy i wouldn't have to really think about it so much um it became more about you know what objective i was trying to get in the scene and or what he was trying to get um and that kind of stuff so um yeah i don't know what was your question again <laughs> i can't <laughs> even remember talking. either yeah. <laughs> it was about how, how to keep it fresh and interesting but i think you pretty well, much that, that's kind of it now, yeah. yeah i think my passion comes across in how much i keep talking about it so no, that's, I love that's it. kind of how i keep it interesting it must be so sad to see it all go and i actually cried in the finale too i'm like oh <laughs> To see it like after so many years watching it and, and growing up with it, I'm like, oh, anyway, <laughs> is it hard now to kind of figure out what you're going to do after that, after six years, knowing where your work is every day, sorry, not work, where you're going to be on set every day <laughs> <laughs> to now, wow, I've got the, literally my, the world is my oyster now, right? I mean, it, 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 like you said, it, it's, it's both in that sense. It's both like oh, okay, now I don't have a paycheck coming in nearly every week and um, I'm not getting to play on set every day. Um, but at the same time, it, the opportunities now are, you know, the, the world has, has opened. And, um, and you create your own too as you go along, don't you? Kind of have to. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunities that 
that are in front of me. And um, one of the other advantages of doing something like Neighbours is then you start to know more people in different positions in the industry. Uh, and then you can call them and have a meeting pretty easily. You know, your access to things becomes um, great. So it's a matter of utilizing them at the right times as well. And um, hopefully that leads to more and, and bigger things. And um, I think getting onto the uh, behind the camera stuff as well can be great because as an actor, you can never control your schedule, but you can a little bit if you're on the other side. So yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's it's being able to take advantage of everything that you've ever done, um, whether it be actual acting work or, or other uh, and draw on those experiences, whether it be on set or for producing something or, or whatever it is. Um, but you want to uh, take in everything you do and, and, use it as best you can because at the end of the day we are playing human beings and we meet other human beings and uh, we we play human different versions of ourselves with different people that we meet yeah. whether that be our family our friends or uh, random on the street you know we 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 play different people all the time so um getting used to that and and, and jumping in to that is yeah it's all good i don't know <laughs> uh, i can rant forever about as long stuff, as you so. keep loving what you do that that's the most important part in life absolutely Find the passion yeah absolutely and speaking of the future too can we expect from some more tack talks i loved those interviews <laughs> thank you uh yes i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to reframe it a little bit um and figure out a, a, a different way to do it in the sense um because obviously there's a lot of people like yourself doing interviews like this and um, which are all great and really interesting. And obviously the people I'm talking to generally are actors that I've worked with and that kind of stuff. So there's a, a familiarity, which, which helps because they're, uh, it, it makes it easier for them to be more vulnerable or whatever um, and <laughs> make them tell funny stories. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of whether there's a, a different way I want to try to do it as opposed to uh, a straight zoom uh, interview or or whether I want to add a different layer to it and obviously that adds greater complexity to actually getting it made but um I do I do really enjoy it um but it's it's I'm sure you understand the producing side of it is uh, there's oh, yeah. a lot of it's it's there's a lot to it so um yeah I know I, I do want it to come back in some way I just uh, there's been a lot of things I've been having to try to catch up on since we finished the show because you basically have no time to do life stuff while you're, <laughs> while you're filming. So um, there's a lot of that that I'm catching up on. And, and that's one of the things where I'm I'm letting it sort of stew in the background. And and with a lot of my creative endeavors, I kind of don't try to force it too much and try to let it uh, the answer come because it'll, it'll make sense when it makes sense. Um, mm. But I don't want to just jump in and, and start doing what I was doing before and then realize later on, ah, that's that's actually the way I would like to have um, to have done it. But it may come back in the same way. It may end up being that. Um, but yeah, I'm just waiting for the thing that tells me that it feels right, and then I'll 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 pull the trigger in that sense. Well, I look forward to it, and good luck with everything in the future. I know you're so talented. You'll be getting all the older jobs out there. So. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see. <laughs> you're a yeah, fan in you. me anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate no, it. You're welcome. I'd love to have you on again in the future whenever you maybe do some more tack talks or whatever end up, ends up happening. For sure, yeah. I'd be yeah. happy to. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. 
This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. Before we finish up today, though, would you like to play a game with me? There's a bit of a competitive element, and I've actually had a few of your neighbor's co-stars on, and maybe you can try and beat them. <laughs> okay, sure. I've, You're I've like, now I have to. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> but we had uh, Ben Turland on, Alan Fletcher, Rob Mills, and I'm hoping to have Charlotte Chimes on, so maybe you can set the bar nice and half for her too. It's a legendary game here on Rave It Up. It's called the Two Minute Hot Seat. And all I do is I ask you various questions. You just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats or singing or dancing. How do you win this then? You have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. And then uh, when you finish, we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game on the show. Okay, cool. Right. So to give you a bit of an idea, like Ben Turlin, he answered 38 questions. And is sitting 18 out of Zoom interviews, 50 on the whole Rave It Up leaderboard. Um, Alan Fletcher, 57 questions. He like he's knocked quick. Ben out of the park. <laughs> he's quick. And he's uh, Alan Fletcher's the same spot as Rob Mills. So Ooh. yeah. Mills he talks quickly as well, so Yes, he does. So if it, 57 questions. Let's try and beat that, shall oh, we? Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let me get my little stopwatch here. All right. And I will change the view on the camera so i can see us both there we go <laughs> all right are you ready takaya yes as ready as you'll ever be right <laughs> it's a great way for the fans to get to know you a little bit better too <laughs> all right here we go three two one facebook or instagram insta iphone or samsung iphone apple or android apple rap or rock music rap rock or pop 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 or country pop Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. Comedy or action? Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Blondes. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Sunglasses or hat? Sunglasses. SUV or convertible? SUV. Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? PlayStation. Singing or dancing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Chinese. Summer or winter? Summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Johnny. Mall or online shopping? Uh, online. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. Cake or cookies? Cookies. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookies. Family or friends? <laughs> Family. Football or soccer? They're the same thing, soccer. <laughs> Christmas or your birthday? Uh, Christmas. Night or day? 
Night. Bus or train? Uh, train. Straight or curly hair? Straight. Eye colour blue or brown? Blue. Vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Texting or calling? Texting. Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney. Friday or Saturday? Uh, uh, Friday. TV or movies? Mm, TV. Starbucks or Gloria Jeans? Gloria Jeans. Snow or surf? Uh, surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Ooh, Simpsons. McDonald's or Hungry Jacks? Hungry Jacks. Red Rooster or KFC? KFC. French fries or chips? French fries. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Pies or sausage rolls? Uh, sausage roll. Tomato sauce or barbecue sauce? Tomato. Guitar or drums? Guitar. Sneakers or thongs? Thongs. Bike or scooter? Bike. Le- leather or denim? Uh, denim. And we're out of time! <laughs> You're getting fast at the end there. I was like, oh, got to keep up. <laughs> How many questions do you think you answered in that time? Uh, one more than Ben Turland. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Ben answered 38 questions. Yeah. I'm happy to say you beat him out of the park. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> now, Alan Fletcher, 57 questions. Do that's we think we lot. beat that? I don't know. There's a couple there where I was like, well, this is either or. But yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at Sydney or Melbourne when you said Sydney. I was like, yeah. Well, because I'm from Sydney, so I grew up in Sydney. Ah, okay. Are you still in Sydney? Or you no, like- no. I had to move to Melbourne and then um, my wife loves her job here. So uh, yeah. we'll stay here for at least for the short, medium term. So. Well, let me know if you ever come back to Sydney, all right? <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> oh, well. So 57 questions. You didn't exactly beat him, but that's okay. Ah. You beat to Ben Turland. That's really good. You answered 53 questions. Ah, okay. So if we All sped right. up a little bit, we might have gotten there. I think you, you, you're reading the questions too slow. That's uh... Oh, yeah, it's totally <laughs> my fault. <laughs> no. I pretty much like memorized nearly this whole list. I can, I can, I can just say it. How many is on the list? Looking. Has anyone finished it? Uh, no, not yet. Like the top of the leaderboard in person was 101 questions. And yeah, that was a lot. That was her second time. She kind of, I gave her a mixed version, but she still smashed it out of the park. And I'm glad she didn't answer any more than that because I have 131 questions on the list. I haven't That's got anyone to hit that yet. <laughs> more than two a second, which is is quick. Oh no, one a second. Just more yeah. than one a second. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming she was answering them before you were finishing them to get 101, but yeah. Yeah, I was starting to think, is she just saying whatever I say last? like <laughs> Or the first one? <laughs> I'm like, that's not the, yeah, that's the what she answer. <laughs> well, that was so much fun. As I said, a great way for the fans to get to know you a little bit better as well. Now, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview now, Takaya, but as a closing statement, and was probably the most important question here on Rave It Up, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Uh, I would tell them... If something's going to be fun, just do it. Oh, I love that. A life full of fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought that's the only way to live, right? As long as it's not, you know, harming at, at the, you know, yeah. uh, at the loss of somebody else or something. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's a great way to live, isn't it, to Kyle? <laughs> well, before we go, if our audience want to contact you or find out what you're up to in the future, where should we go? Where should we go follow you? Uh, I'm on Insta as Takaya H, um, so T-A-K-A-Y-A-H. Um, a lot of people think the H is part of my first name, but it's not. It's for Honda, which is my last name. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, 
any of the others and i'm on tiktok but i don't actually use it so don't try to contact me there um if you <laughs> you most likely get a response message wise on insta um because there's only so many messages i can <laughs> message <laughs> platforms i can go through uh, which i try to clear every now and then um yeah. but yeah otherwise comments and stuff I'll, I'll try to get to as well so um any of that yeah any of those uh, come follow and, and yeah. your website right takayahonda.com yes yeah, that's yeah. there too <laughs> even though he hasn't updated it for a while he's still got some good advice up there <laughs> yeah check out the backing tips up there and there's there's a lot of um good links and resources i think i've put in there as well um, which may have even better advice so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for your advice today or the current advice and thank you for coming on the show i really appreciate your time no thank you no, well, hopefully you can come back on the show in the future, all right? So just consider it your second home and you can come back to chat about anything. I'll be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Takaya. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends. And tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.